Welcome to this week's episode of Lazy Boy Coaches. I'm Scott. I'm Alan. Well, we missed a couple of weeks of the cast. Life happened. I had ankle surgery. You know, we were sick. Just so um, we're not really going to go back two weeks and, and talk about everything. We're just going to roll right into this week. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in college football that I want to talk about that we'll get to. Um, you know, divisions are starting to be you know, separated and, and formed in the NFL as far as, you know, who's real, who's not, who's falling apart. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll, right now we're going to look at the games from last week. Uh, what really kind of stood out to you? Um, I guess... I don't know, last week was kind of like, you know, the game, the teams that won... You know, you kind of expected it to win. You know, I like that because it's kind of looking like maybe, you know, Kansas City's turning that page. Defense is looking really good, you know. Right now we're allowing an average of 11 points, so that's really good for me. Um, you know, My so. Chargers are falling apart. Uh, it, it seems, it, if, just looking at it, it seems that, you know, the pressure that defenses are putting on Herbert's really getting to him. He's thrown a lot more picks, you know, been been a lot more inaccurate because defensive defenses have been putting the pressure on even more so. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that today, like, you know, how the NFL is starting to change, you know, like it went to the mobile quarterback, but now we're starting to see teams getting these, you know, fast, unhuman-like defensive ends, you know, that, you know, so like it's kind of neat to watch, you know, the defensive ends – Outside linebackers starting to come forward and becoming the more important players to get. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, like last week we had, you know, the Broncos beating the Chargers. That was a huge well, loss. Let, let's, the, let's start with the, the Thursday games that were, okay. on, that were on Thanksgiving. Um, Bears and the Lions. I mean, I know that the Lions being on Thanksgiving is a tradition and – you know, the Lions and the Cowboys are, are always on Thanksgiving, but come on. I I feel that do away with tradition, and in this big primetime national spotlight, put teams that are actually doing something. Uh, I mean, the fucking Lions are 0-10-1. Nobody wants to watch that. Right, and I understand, you know, the the Cowboys has always been the thing, but that's when it was the Cowboys versus the Redskins. There are no more Redskins. Right. So, I mean, do we keep with traditions, or do we give teams, you know, make it an incentive for teams to play well, because then you can get a Thanksgiving game, you know. That's that's a lot of money coming in. Right. You know, um, like, the, the other game um, was Raiders-Cowboys. That was a really good game. Both those teams are playing fairly well this year. I'm good with that one. The Raiders are good depending on which car shows up. Right. Um, but, yeah, that Bears-Lions game, it was 16-14. It was just- you know, normally you hear a game 16-14, you're like, wow, that must have been a really good, interesting game. Not the case. It no. was not interesting. It was not fun to watch. I mean... It was... And... Jared Goff. Yeah, see, they don't... The Lions don't need this money because you know they're not going to spend it on a player that's going to help them. Yeah. Um, what I don't really know what to say about golf. Coming out of college, 
Looked like he was talented. He was going to do good. Went to the Rams, which it's kind of been shown now that it was, you know, McVay's system that was making him look good because he had a horrible year under Jeff Fisher, you know, and then McVay came in. He played well. Took him to the, you know, deep into the playoffs. Didn't even take him to the Super Bowl. Yep. Yeah, uh, and they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, but he yeah, played with a broken t- finger. Yeah, took took him to the Super Bowl, you know, and then he goes to Detroit and just falls apart again. Well, I mean, and I'm not a big fan of Jerry Goff, but in his defense, there is nothing on the Detroit Lions. They don't have a threatening wide receiver. Um, running back, I mean... We thought he was going to be great, but DeAndre, you know, Swift hasn't shown anything this year. Right. You know, defense is non-existent. I mean, it's up to Goff, and he's got nobody to help him out. Right. And for Chicago, they rolled out Andy Dalton again. Um, For me, if you make the change to a rookie quarterback, that should be it. You don't want this rookie spending his, you know, getting it in his head that he always has to be, you know, worried that you're going to pull him. I did. He's right now. Um, Justin Fields has some type of injury. They're saying. So I mean, if that's what it is, I think it's like a knee bruise or some some crap like that. If that's what it is, don't play your rookie quarterback in the lost season. Right. You know, he's been... Let him get that experience. He's been hit how many times? Right. You know, get him get him in when he can actually learn. Don't break him before you start him. Right. Um, but there, like I said, there wasn't really much to talk about with that game. It was just boring. Um, the, the game of Thanksgiving was definitely Raiders-Cowboys. Um, I know it uh, <clears throat> didn't turn out favorable for your wife. Um, as she's a Cowboys fan... Uh, the Raiders won this one 36-33 on the last second field goal. And there was some questionable officiating. There there was. But again, like I'm, I will say it every time, even if it's my team losing, the one way to take it out of the officials' hands is don't let it be that close. Right. Um, but both of the quarterbacks played outstanding. Nearly identical stats. Uh, Carr was 24 of 39. 373 and a touchdown. Uh, Dak was 32 of 47, 375, two touchdowns. Um, the the difference was really the running game. Um, it just seemed like the Raiders were more committed to it, and the Cowboys just couldn't stop it. So do you think the Cowboys have a problem on their hands with Ezekiel Elliott and the amount of money he is guaranteed next season? Oh, absolutely. Like, has he earned it? No, I, in multiple games, he's been outperformed by his backup, Tony Pollard. You know, it's just like the dude got all cocky with his, you know, feed me the ball, and now they feed him the ball and they get nothing in return. And it's game after game, you know. And it's like one out of every five games, he might break 100 yards. Right. And he's going to be one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. Um, like Pollard had 10 carries for 36 yards. Zeke had nine carries for 25 yards. Like that's just not getting it done. No. And that, that's not getting it done by both running backs for, for the amount of money that you're paying him 
and that you have invested into that offensive line, that has to be your focal point. But it can't be when you're getting these kind of numbers. Right, yeah. I mean, those Ezekiel should be averaging, you know, four and a half, five at least. Yeah. Um, for the Raiders, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Hunter Renfro continues to shine. Uh, I've said it once, I'll say it again. He, for me, looks like he is playing that Wes Welker role. You know, the, the smaller guy that's not afraid to, to go over the middle and make those catches. It, it, you know, he kind of reminds me of, like, the, the Cooper Cup. No, I, for, I think Cup is a little more dynamic and a little faster. Like, like, I said, for, like I said, for me, it's more of the Julian Edelman type of, of, of guy. I will go with more of the Julian Edelman, but like Wes Walker, that that guy's in a category by himself. So, I mean, I can go with Edelman, but yeah, Wes Walker, man, that dude was was amazing to watch him. Yeah. Um, But no, both teams played very, very well. 36-33 Raiders. Um, My mom was happy. Your wife was sad. Mm. Uh, And then the late game on Thanksgiving was the Bills and the Saints. And... It's, it's like we've said before, depends on which Saints team shows up week to week. They rolled out Trevor Simeon because Winston's hurt, and I think Hill was hurt too. He was Hill was banged up. Um, but it's just... Saints fans were spoiled for so many years having an elite quarterback every single year. And... It doesn't seem like the Saints put much thought into the post-Drew Brees era. Everybody knew he only had one, maybe two years left, you know, when it was coming up, and they failed to do anything about it. Yeah, and it's really bad because you can't draft a quarterback this year. Right. Uh, who are you going to take? You know, and, and then they turn around and give Taysom Hill a, four-year, $40 million extension or something. I don't remember the exact numbers on it, but... Who's not even a, a, just a quarterback, you It know? seems like they are paying him and, and keeping him just so other teams can't have him. That and New Orleans loves the dude. Yeah, like, I you just... You know, so, I mean... But, you know, no receivers for the Saints win over even 50 yards... Uh, you know, no running back for the Saints went over 30 yards. I understand that Kamara's hurt, but those other guys got to get it done. Yeah, I mean, and Montgomery, you know, he he's shown that he's got some talent, so, I mean, he should be putting up better numbers than that. Right. Um, yeah, they're just, they're not playing good football. The defense is, you know, keeping them, you know, somewhat sometimes in the games, but... Right. Uh, for Buffalo, Josh Allen had a subpar day, I guess. I mean, it was good, good enough to win, but he threw two picks. And he, he was accurate. I mean... Yeah, but one of those picks, wasn't it like a tip or some crap like that? I, I think mean, so. So, I mean, I don't count those against the quarterback. I mean, he did throw four touchdowns. Right. Uh, 23 of 28 accuracies there. Uh, 260 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. We know what kind of quarterback Josh Allen can be, and most of the time he is that quarterback. This year, we've seen some times where he's reverted back to 
the old Josh Allen. Right. Um, but for for Buffalo, for the the running game isn't there. Uh, I I don't know why. Uh, Singletary had 15 carries, 44 yards, and then Josh Allen was right behind him, eight carries, 43 yards. I just. I don't know. That, that's something that they need to work on is their run game. Yeah, but I mean, I at the same I, time, when you got a boy like Diggs, you know. Right. You can slack off on the running game a little bit because he doesn't have to be wide open to catch it. Right. So, but no, that was, that one kind of turned into a snooze fest early just because, I mean, the Saints didn't even score till the fourth quarter. I mean, you knew it was out of hand at halftime. So, um, the Saints got to figure out plan for post Drew Brees. Well, they need a quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you can't run dual quarterbacks in the NFL for too many years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then Sunday, we'll get into these Sunday games. The Bengals, man. Yeah, they look good. They look real good. It's a huge change. It's a, like, this is when you come in and be like, this is what one player can do for a team. You know, last year they lost Joe Burrow. Didn't look good at all. You, you know, know, and before before they lost Burrow, like, the injury was gruesome. We weren't sure how he was going to come back for, but from it. But before they lost Burrow, he was playing really well. Yeah, they were talking, you know, he was looking rookie of the year. Right, it you was, know? was going to be a neck-and-neck race with him and Herbert, you know. And, and then he went down and they pretty much handed it to Herbert. Right. But now we're seeing with that team, and it, he just adds sparks to, spark to the whole team. You know, the defense looks alive. The offense is running well. Uh, they got running game. They got, you know, threats with the passing game. Yeah, Joe Mixon's a monster. Yeah. You know, he had 28 carries, 165 yards, and two touchdowns. And he's been doing it all year long. Right. You know, when we when we started talking this season, you know, like, I don't think you were very high on, on Mixon. You know, I was, so. it's not that I was down on him. I just I didn't necessarily put him in my top ten. Maybe I mean maybe at the tail end of ten. Right, and I mean, but part of that what was due to last year he had so many like just nagging injuries. You know, health was a definite question. Right, and now he's showing you know that you know he he's a guy to watch. Right, so you know, it was Steelers Bengals and the the Bengals just absolutely. Thrashed them forty-one ten. And have you ever noticed how whenever the Bengals have won this year, it is like the ugliest win you'll ever see. Like we are completely watching Ben Roethlisberger fall apart. He should have retired. Week seventeen is going to be very scary. He he should have retired. I think he is staining his legacy by playing this year and probably playing playing next year. I think he's staining his legacy. I don't know. I mean, if if he can sneak him into the playoffs. I mean, they'd have to... The best they can hope for is a wild card. That's better than nothing. But I, they're, right now they're sitting at 5-5-1. Five, five, and one. That's not going to get a wild card. Not happening. No, but they keep winning somehow. Um, but that the Bengals' defense pretty much just shut down everything the Steelers wanted to do. Uh you know, big Najee Harris, eight carries, 23 yards. They they absolutely smothered that run game. Um, you know, and Ben, 24-41, 263, 
one touchdown, two picks, and they were ugly picks. Like, oh, Ben is known for throwing ugly picks. But this year has been more prevalent. It's been more. It's because he got nothing to throw with. I mean, he's got a limp noodle out there throwing horrible decisions. I mean, right. I mean, he's he's got talented wide receivers. I mean, Chase Claypool's talented. You know, uh, Deontay Johnson's shown that he can be talented. I mean, I get that your your number one Juju isn't out there, but you still have talented guys. I think his main problem is his talent is too fast for his arm. They're getting too deep on him. Yeah, but I don't know. Because he's even like... It it's even a, a challenge for him to get that ten yard slant throw in anymore, you know. Yeah, and he Ben had two fumbles as well. I mean, so he accounted for four turnovers. Yeah, so. that's not winning games. It, it, he he's staining his legacy. Call it a night. Um. Next we had Tampa Bay at Indy, and this game was good all the way around. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Is the league's leading rusher, looking like a stud. Uh, he had a decent game here, 15, uh, 16 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. You know, averaging you know over five yards against this Tampa Bay defense, that in itself is an accomplishment. Yeah. You do that, you, you won the run game. Yeah, and, and this game was close. It, I mean, it was tied with 20 seconds to go. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't remember exactly how much time. They they gave Brady. Uh, oh, here it is, right here. Three minutes and twenty nine seconds. That's a lot of time for a guy like Brady. Yeah, you you don't give Brady. You can't give Brady any time. Yeah, uh, but Leonard Fournette ended up breaking a twenty eight yard run with twenty seconds left. Game over. Um, but it, w- it really was a good game from both teams. I mean, Carson Wentz played good. I mean. 27 to 44, 306, three touchdowns, two picks. You know, he, he did what he needed to. Um, so, check this out. <clears throat> I was just talking to my one of my buddies, and he says, I haven't seen him in a while. And he says, We were talking fantasy. And he says, So, you want to know my biggest bonehead move ever? I'm like, All right. He says, uh, I, I needed to pick somebody up off the waiver wire in like week three or four. And Jonathan Taylor hadn't been doing very well, so I dropped him. You dropped Jonathan Taylor. He's like, well, he wasn't doing very good. I'm like, it was week four. Everybody knows he's a stud. But, yeah, I I, I, I couldn't do it, man. Um, yeah, no, not unless I'm getting someone real good. Yeah, but even then, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's an RB1. I mean, yeah, I, it's a tough call. There had to be somebody else, but hey, you, you do you, boo boo. Like if, I, if maybe I would maybe drop him for you know Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubbs. Well, yeah, but you know, just another RB one. Um, but no, um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor. But Gronk had a big game for Tampa Bay: seven catches, one twenty-three. Um, they they had their backs integrated into the. The passing game fairly well. And then Indianapolis, they, they did a pretty good job of spreading the ball around. Uh, they didn't really over-target a single player. Um, and I think that's part of 
why this was as close as it was so late, because Tampa couldn't single focus on one player. Right. And Indy's headed in the right direction, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're sitting at 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, It wasn't that long ago we were talking about Philip Rivers coming back. Right. So. But they've been doing their thing. I mean, like I said, a lot of it has to do with Jonathan Taylor, league-leading rusher. Um, <clears throat> we had another snooze fest. Panthers, Dolphins, just, I don't know. Tua has kind of turned it around a little bit. He's been showing some flashes these last couple of weeks. But I'm still not sold. I still don't overly care for him. He definitely wasn't the best quarterback in that draft. I'm not looking at trying to get an extension signed anytime soon. No, no, definitely not picking up his fifth-year option. Um, But speaking of quarterbacks, Carolina brought back Cam Newton. And... He showed them exactly why they got rid of him in the first place. 5 of 21, 92 yards, 2 interceptions. Yeah, he's just not good anymore. That injury was too much. Yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey, 10 carries, 35 yards, and he's hurt again. See, this is going to be a sad story with Christian McCaffrey because I think we're going to watch an amazing talent that gets to play three, maybe four years. Yeah, I mean, he's... Probably one of the best dual threat backs we've seen, but he's brittle. He can't stay healthy. It's one thing after another. Yeah, and he's in the NFL. He's getting hit by huge dudes. Right. So I, I don't see, you know, that's not something you can necessarily fix. Right. Um, it was a, it was, it was a big game for DJ Moore. Uh, four catches, 103 yards, but it was four catches on 10 targets. Uh, he. Most of it came on one play. He had a 64-yard catch. Uh, After they pulled Cam, they brought in P.J. Walker, a guy that we saw in the XFL, also garbage. I mean, there's not... Well, once you get to your third, fourth-string quarterback, I mean, you're not expecting much. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that Amir Abdullah, your Nebraska guy, was still in the league. Apparently he's on Carolina. Looking at the uh, stat line here, he just got he just got assigned to Carolina. Yeah, uh, two carries for four yards. It put him on the the stat sheet for the Panthers. His, his longest carry was five yards. That means the second carry was a loss of one. <laughs> um, Amir never turned out to be a great NFL quarterback. He was a great college running back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, both teams had one standout wide receiver. Like we discussed, for, for Carolina, it was DJ Moore. For Miami, it was Jalen Waddell. Uh, he's been looking really, really good these last couple of weeks. You know, I think Miami has some good pieces. They're three, maybe four pieces away from contending. And but unfortunately, one of those pieces is the quarterback. Right. Like I said, I'm not sold on Tua. Just not. Um, you know, Looked like a stud in college, not so much in the pros. Um, but Miami crushed this one, 33-10. Carolina, they started out hot, and then they just fell apart, like ridiculously fell apart. Um, next we had kind of a shock to me, uh, the Titans and the Patriots. Uh, it's not a shock. Daniel Jones is a phenomenon. 
Well, I, I get that, but not Daniel Jones, Mac Jones. I, I knew what you meant, but I get that. But Tennessee has has been playing very, very well, and you know that you can't say that you know the the loss of Derrick Henry is crushing them because they still have two different backs that went over 100 yards. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard, 12 carries, 131. Dontrell Foreman, 19 carries, 109. So they're still getting production out of their run game. So what, what? what's the problem? They started out so good. I know. It's just like Ryan Tannehill, you know, when they lost Henry, he resorted back to his Miami days. Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't very good in this one. 11 of 21, 93 yards, one touchdown, one pick. It just... The problem is, is yeah, they had two backs over one, 100 yards. They had 270 yards, which is about what Henry gives you a game. But Henry also scores two, three touchdowns. Right. Um, you know, these guys, they, they weren't able to get it in. Right. Once they get down to the red zone, they're having to resort <coughs> to the pass game a lot more because, well, you don't have Derrick Henry. So And you don't really have any great, you what, know. Let me put something in kind of perspective to you. Uh, Derrick Henry has now missed, what, three games? Yeah. And he is still one of the top five rushing leaders in, in the NFL. Like, he's still number two. And he's missed three or four weeks. Yeah, so I mean... That that tells you how dominant he was. Um, so, <clears throat> right now, like we talked about, Jonathan Taylor's leading the league 1,200 yards. Uh, Derrick Henry's not coming back, so we don't need to talk about that. He's currently at 937. Clearly, he's going to fall off the list. But next is Joe Mixon at 924. I mean, so you're, what, 275 yards behind Jonathan Taylor? I mean... He, he could miss a game and still be leading. He has been doing very, very well this year. Um, so that's just... Something that surprises me here is league leading and passing, Derek Carr with 3,400 yards. Yeah, but he's been, he's been tossing it up. Right, but you, their record isn't, isn't reflecting that. No, because they have a defense that can't stop anything. Right, um, but the rest of the the rest of the top five there, Brady at thirty four oh three, a couple of yards behind him, uh, Stafford, who we'll talk about when we get to their game, um, he's at thirty three sixteen, my boy Herbert is at thirty two thirty, and then Mahomes is at thirty two hundred exactly. Yeah, and just to point it out to all the Raider fans. When you called Leatherwood a horrible choice, you were absolutely correct. That dude has allowed more sacks. Oh, I said it. I said it draft day when they picked yeah. it. My mom's like, because I I always watch the draft with my mom because she doesn't pay attention to college football, you know, hardly at all. So when guys get drafted, especially for her team, she's like, okay, tell me about this guy. Is this a good pick? And as soon as they picked him, I said, what the fuck are you doing? You know, and I understand it, you know. All throughout his college career, he didn't allow he didn't allow one sack. He was on a Bama team that just dominated everybody. Right. I mean, like talent levels, size wise, way above everybody else. But what we've seen is if he's not getting smoked off the line, it's because he's holding them. Right. 
I mean, the only time he doesn't allow a sack, he's getting a penalty. Yeah, when, when they picked him, I, I told my mom that was a horrible pick. So I did want to point that out, that the Colin Leatherwood, his talent doesn't make up for, you know, what he's messing up on. Right. Um, but back to the, this Titans-Patriots game. The Titans, you know, 36-13, or the Patriots, sorry, 36-13. They've been looking really good. And if Buffalo keeps stumbling the way they have been, you know, New England will be right back at the top of the division. I mean, are, are we – can we consider the possibility of a Belichick-Brady Super Bowl? No. Why? Because the Patriots can't do it. It's possible. Though, these last couple of weeks, they've looked really, really good. Yeah, they, they have. But, I mean, going against the talent that they'll be going up against – with a rookie quarterback, I mean, he might pull you through the regular season, but you get into the playoffs, it's a total different experience. Oh, anybody I absolutely been, agree. Anybody that's been there will tell you that experience matters. Oh, I absolutely agree. I also think that the fact that Mac Jones played at Bama and was in so many big games, especially you know national championship games, I don't know if the pressure will necessarily rock him as much. It'll definitely rock him, but I don't think as much. I just, I don't think in the playoffs, I don't think they can beat a Buffalo. I don't think they can beat Buffalo. I don't think they can beat Kansas City. If Chargers are there, I don't think they can beat the Chargers. <coughs> well, I, I don't know. It, that's something we can definitely keep an eye on if the Patriots continue winning at the clip that they're winning. Right. Um, I mean, I think they've won, what, like four, five straight games? Five. Yeah, they've been looking really, really good. Yeah. And Tennessee sliding. I mean, and, and you were wrong about Mac Jones. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Dude, that, you, have, you have to admit, he is having a phenomenal year. Oh, he absolutely is. Um, we had the Eagles at the Giants. Another boring snooze fest of a game. Nothing really to talk about there. Uh, 13-7 Giants. It was just a sad game to watch. Um, Falcons-Jaguars. Falcons almost gave it away. I mean... Well, that's what they do. Yeah. uh, Trevor Lawrence had a good game. 23-42, 228, a tutty. I kind of want to talk about Cordell Patterson. You know, he's kind of one of those guys that can play multiple positions wide receiver running back kick returner and he's doing he's having a phenomenal year yeah i still haven't fully adjusted to him being a running back you know but yeah he's it's having, working yeah it's working it worked in minnesota yeah you know it's just you're not gonna play you know cordell patterson and uh what's his name there in minnesota you're not gonna pay Dalvin two. Cook. yeah you're not gonna pay two running backs but yeah i mean He's proven that, you know, he, he can do the running back position. Yeah, um, but and he's also great out of the backfield because his, his natural position is wide receiver. But, yeah, dude's just been having a great, great year. And, you know, when when they asked him about playing multiple, multiple positions, he told them, you know, growing up my mama worked three jobs to support us, so if I need to do three jobs out here on the field, I'll do it. Right, and I mean... It comes with a bigger paycheck. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Jets, Texans, two trash teams. You know, <sighs> there's nothing really to talk about here. It was 21-14. And <sighs> nobody really stood out to me. The leading, the leading quarterback was Tyrod Taylor, and he had less than 130 yards throwing. No, he had 158. Was it 158? Yeah. But, still, that's, that's pretty sad. Yeah, but Zach Wilson throws another interception. You know, at this pace, he's breaking the interception record. If you want to shock me, tell me he threw a touchdown. Nope. Nope. Uh, it's just... The, I don't get it, man. You have all these, you know, thriving and successful franchises in the NFL and the Jets just can't get it right. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. That's why the Jets fans keep coming back. <laughs> well, for a while, that was Buffalo fans, too, and they, they seem to have righted the ship. Uh, but, yeah, but the Jets, really, they, they had that thing going there when they had Brett Favre, so now they're gonna, they're back to sucking for a decade. Yeah, it's it's awful. Like, I just, I just don't get it. Uh, you know, talent-wise, when you look at their roster... You're like, okay, they've got some pretty good pieces, but they're just not getting it done. They're the new Cleveland. They keep taking the wrong damn quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, but, yeah, nothing major to talk about there. Nobody really stood out uh, above anybody else. Um, the game that I've been avoiding for a little bit, Chargers-Broncos. Um, Herbert, 28-44, 303. Two touchdowns, two picks, and they were bad picks too. Yeah, they were very, they were hurtful picks. I just like like we talked about. I do you think that teams have figured him out? I don't know if it's teams have figured him out or the Chargers are just in a slump. You know, I mean, they have had some injuries. They've been playing without some of their main guys. So I mean. You're in the AFC, luckily, so it's not like you have to do much to keep yourself into a you know wild card spot. Yeah, and for another year, the Chargers are lacking run defense. They're giving up massive amounts of yards on the ground. Year after year, we see this problem. Fix it. I, I don't know. We couldn't establish a run game. Um, well, I've been saying your run game's horrible since, you know, Melvin Gordon. I like Eckler, though. Like, I think he needs a, a bigger back to kind of spell him. You know, get kind of the smash and dash. I, I kind of see Eckler as a third down back. No, no, I like Eckler. He's good out of the backfield. He's willing to make those tough runs. But he's lacking in size well, a little what bit. What was that, 12 for 31 with a 2.6? Everybody has a bad day. I mean, but this isn't the first time he's put up those types of numbers. I mean, Alvin Kamara had those type of games before. Yeah, but Alvin Kamara also threw in how many? You know, how many receiving yards did he have? Uh, Eckler six catches, sixty-eight yards, and a touchdown. Third down back. I mean, he's not having a horrible year. I mean, where's he at for the year? Let's take a look here. Um, for the year, 604 on 135 attempts, seven touchdowns. Is 
probably going to put him average in the league. I mean, when you want to start, start talking about your team being a contender for the Super Bowl, you can't have an average running back. No, I, I understand that. I mean, why haven't the Chiefs won very many games? They have no run game. Well, if Edwards Alaire could stay healthy, I mean, it's not like he was putting. I mean, this year he was doing good, but I'm I'm still not sold on him being our our future back. Yeah. I, Keenan Allen had a Keenan Allen day, seven catches, eighty-five yards. Yeah. Like, are you guys gonna take another all-time, you know, first ballot, you know, Hall of Fame player and not give him a ring? Probably. I mean, I just hopefully we get there. It's just it's, it always seems that it's one thing after another where we just we fall apart at the end. It's just I don't I don't know. Yeah, because. There's been a couple guys that played for the Chargers that deserved a ring and never got one. Yeah. LT, Gates, Rivers. Seau. No, he deserved one with the Chargers. He ended up getting one. Yeah, well, he got one, but not with the Chargers. No. I'm uh, sorry, and every time you say Seau, I never see him in a Patriots uniform. Or a Dolphins uniform. <laughs> Just like he did after his career, I... Totally forgot you played for Miami. <laughs> wow. Oh. Ouch. <clears throat> but, you know, this game wasn't really out of reach until the fourth quarter. I mean, we, we lost this one 28-13. And part of it was because... If it wasn't both hurt, one of the one of the interceptions of Herbert's was in the end zone. Yeah. Patrick Sertain took both of them. Um but he's having a hell of a One year. of them, he returned for a touchdown. And it just... So one put seven points on the board and one took seven points off the board. Yeah. You know, both of the interceptions were in the fourth quarter. Um, the second one was a, a deflect, you know, a bad catch by Eckler. It just bounced off his hands. Even great receivers do it once in a while. But it bounced off his hands. Sertain picked it. Um, and, and the first one was just a inaccurate pass by Herbert. I think, you know, he's a little rattled right now. And I think he's trying to do too much. He just needs to get back to where he's just playing football again. Yeah. Um, but we've slipped to six and five. You know, Kansas, Kansas City's at the top of the division. The rest of us are all tied. Well, I mean, Kansas City lose to Denver tomorrow. It's a whole other show in the AFC West. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <clears throat> um, next, we had Rams and Packers. You know, this game was expected to be a, a big-time shootout, really close game. And for, well, until halftime, it pretty much was. Uh, after halftime, Green Bay came out and put up 16, and it was pretty much out of reach there. You know, Stafford started out so hot for this team. It was looking really, really good. These last couple of weeks, I don't know. He just starting to revert back to Detroit Stafford. How many times, how how many other quarterbacks would we consider reverting back to Detroit when they throw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception? I mean, 
any other team would die to have a quarterback that can do that. Yeah, but and we're saying he's sliding back like that. Yeah, because at the beginning of the year he was playing lights out, and now he's been inaccurate. He, he's you know, you watch him play, and something has changed. I don't know so much if it's if it's Stafford though. I mean, the defense it, it's kind of you know starting allowing more points. Um, so there's just a whole bunch going on, but I I have no doubt that they'll get it fixed. Yeah. Um, this was kind of the official uh, debut of of Odell Beckham. I know he had played the prior week, but that was after he had been with the team for what two days. Right. So this was kind of his official entry to the Rams. Five catches, eighty-one yards, and a touchdown. Uh, you know, it's kind of what we used to expect to see from Odell. Uh, Cup again, seven catches, ninety-six yards. Looks really good. Every week. Yeah, I mean, and I, he kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Like he, he's not a guy that you heard a lot about in college. You know, he just kind of came out of nowhere. Um. Van Jefferson, these last couple of weeks, has been playing well. Uh, here he had three catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but it was three catches on nine targets. Yeah, I mean, one 79-yard you know, touchdown, that, it's going to help you get to 80 yards and 90 yards. So Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the Rams didn't do very well in the run game. And they their run game is average. Which is weird because Tony Michelle, you know, he's a good running back. Yeah. So. Uh, but Green Bay went ahead and took this one, uh, 36-28. And aside from that week one game, Green Bay's looked really good. Aaron Rodgers has looked good. Aaron Rodgers' football has looked good. That guy looks sick as hell. Yeah. And, and I have a question about the whole Aaron Rodgers thing after we're done talking about the game. Uh, because I don't, there's some I don't understand it. Okay, I'm gonna bring it up. So, Aaron Rodgers said he was vaccinated. Turned out that he wasn't vaccinated, and he said, "Well, I am vaccinated. I did it my own way," which the NFL said, "You know, you can't do that." That's pretty much all you heard of that. He he got fined, and I think the Packers got fined. Okay, Antonio Brown turned in a falsified COVID slip, so he wasn't vaccinated. Same boat as Aaron Rodgers. He got fined and suspended. Yeah, him and like I think three other players yeah. all got so, a, a three-game suspension. So why did they get suspended, but the sickly-looking Aaron Rodgers got a slap on the wrist? Probably for the same reason that if I committed tax fraud, I'd go to prison. But if some dickbag in a high office in a suit commits tax fraud... He pays a fine. Yeah, I, I just don't like it. You know, it, it's, I mean, is it because he turned in a card that wasn't his? Is that what makes it so much worse? Star treatment. Because Aaron Rodgers completely lied. He said, I am vaccinated. No, he's not. He did what Joe Rogan told him to do. And I'm sorry, if you're taking your advice from Joe Rogan, you have some problems. Yeah, star treatment is what I think it boils down to. Just, I don't like it. No, I uh, know, but... You know, on the field, the Packers have looked really good. Yeah. Uh, this was, you know, another big game from Devontae Adams. Eight catches, 104 yards. And what do you do to stop him? You know the ball is going to him the majority of the time. And they still can't stop it. 
No, I, and you can't. He he, and he sees some of the top corners in the NFL. Yeah, and he's still putting up numbers. You know, still at least a hundred yards a game. It, it's insane. He definitely has a stake in, in the best receiver in the league pool. You gonna put him up there with Diggs and? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins makes more flash plays, makes more incredible catches. Uh, but you can't deny the productivity of Devontae Adams. You can't. Oh, no, not at all. Um, <clears throat> then we had the Vikings and the 49ers. Uh, it was a decent game, um, but the 49ers came out on top. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 17 of 26, 230, one touchdown, one pick. There is one reason why the 49ers are playing lights out right now, and that's Debo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Kirk Cousins, 20 of 32, 238, two touchdowns and a pick. But the main guy for, for San Francisco right now is, like you said, Debo Samuel. Whether it be in the, the run game, the, the pass game, you know, he is just looks outstanding. Yeah, they, they can't stop him. If they go and they stop him for a two-yard run, then he's like, okay, watch this. I'm going to catch the ball and run it on you. I mean, right. he's just he's phenomenal right now. Right. Uh, for, for Minnesota, it was a crap game for Dalvin Cook. Ten carries, 39 yards. Uh, for, for Justin Jefferson, second-year wide receiver, he continues to look good. Uh, four catches, 83 yards. Uh, granted, it was four catches on nine targets, but you know it, it, he still has been putting up big, big numbers. Um, and I, maybe San Francisco, if they continue to win, can snag a wild card spot. Right now, they're sitting at six and five. I mean, it's not out of the possibility. Six and five is still, you know, fighting for that that last spot. So we'll just have to see how you know everything else plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, unfortunately, the Niners aren't really in control of their own destiny. Right. You know, and we're talking about Dalvin Cook. He's another guy who has mounds of talent, but always seems to get nicked up. Yeah, I mean, he's not as bad as you know, like a McCaffrey or a Barkley, but. Yeah, I mean, he he gets hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Sunday night game was the Browns and the Ravens, and this game was sloppy by, by both teams. Uh, Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. It was just sloppy. Uh, you know, you, you take Justin Tucker away from the, the Ravens, and I don't think their, their record's cut in half at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, it just... Mayfield fumbled once. Landry fumbled once. Uh, it was just a sloppy, sloppy game. Turnover filled, kind of back and forth. But ultimately, ultimately Baltimore got it done 16-10. Uh, Cleveland, these last couple of years, has been known for their run game. You know, they have both Hunt and Chubb, and they'll just keep shoving the ball down your throat. But this time, Hunt, seven carries for 20 yards. Chubb, eight carries, 16 yards. It just wasn't there. They're in a slump. Both their running backs have been nicked up this year. You know, I just... 
they're still a, they still they're still a great team. They're just in a slump, and they need to get that that taste of a win back in their mouth. Yeah, um, but like I said, it was sloppy. It wasn't overly impressive by anybody. Very very rare that you see a quarterback throw four interceptions and still win. Yeah. Uh, the Monday night game, Seattle at Washington. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, watching Russell Wilson, it, his pass just his throw is just something is different with him since coming back from that surgery. It's like it's not coming off his hand the same. No, he just had surgery on his hand. He's back in there way too soon. I mean, he's not at risk of re-injuring himself. But take it from someone who just had surgery on my hand, everything is different. My grip is different. The feel is different. Like, everything in this hand, in my other hand, is so completely different. And this guy is trying to throw a ball. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's. I think it completely has to do with the surgery he had on his hand. You know, it was, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Mm, something like that, yeah. So, I mean... Uh, you know... Seattle, again, another team, no run game. Plus, we're past week five, so now we get after week five, Russell Wilson. Right. Um, <laughs> five weeks talking about MVP, and then after that, it shits the bed. But, uh, no, Seattle, again, another team struggling in the run game. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson was two carries, 16 yards, and he was their leading rusher. Like, something's got to give. Um Really the only receiver that had a big day for Seattle, Tyler Lockett. Three catches, 96 yards. Uh, For Washington, Taylor Heineke has been playing solid ball. I mean, he still has games where he looks awful, but he's he's not necessarily a QB1. He's more of a QB2, but he's been playing really well. I don't know. I mean, you keep working. You know, I want to see him next year. Next year is the year for, for, you know, I think it will be for him. What can, How much can he improve? Because you've got to remember, he wasn't really a quarterback until last year. Right, and I think I read somewhere that he was working a job at a grocery store or something, and then they're like, hey, we need a quarterback. And he says, okay. Uh, but, no, he played well, 27-35, uh, 223, a touchdown and a pick. Antonio Gibson had a huge day, 29 carries, 111 yards. Big time on the ground for them. And looking at their rushing, man, they had, what, six different guys, uh, you know, playing the running back or getting rushes. That, that kind of spreading the ball around. And see, I think Gibson can be a really good NFL running back. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, we talk about him every single year. But he's going to need some help. And not by five different running backs, but, you know, one more good, solid third down back. Right, yeah. Because he's not, he's not the third down back. No, no. Um, as far as receiving for Washington, nobody had an overly outstanding day. Uh, McLaurin, four catches, 51. They, they spread it out fairly well. Uh, McLaurin, four, four for 51. Uh, Carter, four for 42. Gibson, seven for 35. They're spreading it out. And when you have that many different choices that you feel you can rely on. That's definitely going to help. Um, but, you know, Washington is not going to make the playoffs this year. They're sitting at five and six. Um, They're talking about, you know, like if they were to win, 
they pretty much have to win out. Yeah, they can lose one more game and still be in a talk for a wild card spot. Yeah, and I don't see that happening. Um, I mean, who do they got left? Um, they got Raiders, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. I, I don't see so them. All division except for one. Yeah. I don't see them making the playoffs. That's not happening. So, but they, they've got some good pieces, and, you know, maybe by this time next year, they'll have a new owner. You know, um, I just read a thing <clears throat> from uh, RG3 talking about in, in his book that he's putting out, he exposes the Washington football team. You know, he said that he was a, a, a victim of sexual harassment while he was there, and there's all kinds of stuff going on behind closed doors that isn't very becoming. Yeah. And there, there's been, how many reports have we seen about that now? I mean, it, it was the investigation into Washington that led to the emails from John Gruden. You know, they're they're actively being investigated because of their owner. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and you know see. I'm definitely not going to pass any judgment until you know we get all facts. So. Um, but that was that was week twelve. Um, <coughs> sorry, uh, on to week thirteen. Um, we had the Thursday night game. It was the Cowboys and the Saints. Uh, the, the Cowboys rolled out Taysom Hill and. Well, the Saints rolled out Taysom or, Hill. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, Saints, the Cowboys got ran over by Taysom Hill. Yeah, the, the Saints rolled out Taysom Hill, nineteen of forty one. That's not getting it done. Uh, two sixty four, two touchdowns, four picks. Not getting it done. He he did have 11 carries for 101 yards, but he, I don't I don't understand why they're extending him, paying him more money. Like I, I just don't get it. Well, it's uh, either him throwing four picks, or you know, one of your other quarterbacks throwing four picks. You know, yeah, they got to do something. Like like we talked about, they definitely didn't plan for the post Drew Brees era. I mean, and Winston was doing all right. Before the injury, but I don't think we're gonna see him anytime yeah, soon. Again, with 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 Jameis, it was a week to week thing. Which Winston were we gonna see? Um, but for for the Cowboys, pretty good game by by Dak. Just kind of pedestrian. Twenty six of forty, two thirty eight, one touchdown, one pick. Um, what kind of Position? Do you think the Cowboys are in right now, where next year the amount of money that they're going to have to pay Zeke Elliott when he's being outperformed by his backup? I mean, I haven't been a big supporter of Ezekiel Elliott. I, I don't know. I don't, I have a hard time trusting Ohio State running backs in the NFL. I mean, this game, um, but thirteen carries for forty-five yards. That's not getting it done. Nope, but Pollard got it done. Yeah, seven carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. I just, for for Zeke to be the top-paid wide or running back in the league, you know, and, and his whole feed-me-the-ball spiel. That he got tattooed on his stomach. Yeah, 45 yards ain't cutting it. No, you ain't eating very much. That's why you lost all that weight in the offseason. Yeah, um, but for, for their receiving core... Man, the receiving core is doing pretty good. They've got looking at <coughs> looking at their receiver core. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, C.D. Lamb playing well. 
Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, they're all playing well. Um, Lamb had seven catches, 89 yards. Uh, Cooper, two catches, 41 yards. And, you know, last week when they played uh, the Raiders, Lamb got hurt in that game, so he yeah. went out. And they didn't have Cooper. So, I mean, you can see what those two guys do to the offense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but for the rest of this week, you know, there's some pretty decent games. Uh, the Bucks and the Falcons, division game. Uh, Bucks take this one easy. Unless it's that weird game, yeah. I mean, the Bucks should have no problem. Yeah. Um, Cardinals coming off their bye, facing the Bears. I'll take the Cardinals. Yeah, with the play of Murray. Yeah. He's a game-time decision. Right. Um, Vikings-Lions. Vikings. Yeah. Um, if the Lions were to get a win, I think this would probably be their best bet right now. And it's not good. It's not looking good. No. Um, Giants-Dolphins. I don't really... I'm going to go Giants. I'll go Dolphins just because they've been on the upswing lately. Um Another trash game, Eagles-Jets. I'll take the Eagles. I'm with the Eagles. Uh, Colts-Texans. I'll take the Colts. Colts. Um, Chargers at the Bengals. This is going to be a really good game, and unfortunately, I I think the Bengals are going to win it. They've just been playing too good right now. And it's like you said, you know, the Chargers haven't been able to stop the run, and Uh, now they're going up against Joe Mixon. Right, our inability to to stop the run going up against... uh, one of the top three backs in the league right now. Yeah. So. Uh, unfortunately, I think my Chargers drop another one. And Jamar Chase, I mean, he's he's hard to cover. Yeah. Um, then we got Washington at the Raiders. I'll take the Raiders. I'm going to go Washington. Yeah? Raiders have not been looking good lately. I mean... They're, they're sitting at 6-5, and 3-3 three and three at home. So nothing overly outstanding. I mean, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Washington win this, uh, but I think just because the Raiders are at home, I'm taking I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm going to stick with my Washington. Uh, Jags, Rams, I, I think the Rams finally get off the schneid and, and get a win here. This is exactly what they need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ravens, Steelers, I'll take Baltimore. It, this is one of those games that's no matter how... Either team is doing. They always play this game tough. It's always close. It's hard to pick, but I, I ultimately think that I'm gonna go with the Ravens. But if Lamar Jackson throws four four interceptions against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh will win. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 49ers Seahawks. Oh, I'll take the Niners. Yeah, Seahawks are garbage. The best thing about the Seahawks right now is watching Pete Carroll try to explain why they're playing so bad. Yeah. Uh, Broncos Chiefs uh, on Sunday night. I'll take the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, they're, they're Arrowhead. Yeah. Uh, Arrowhead, primetime game. You know. And it's Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, Monday night, Patriots and the Bills. I really think this is going to be a close game. The way the Patriots have been on the upswing and the Bills are going in the opposite direction right now. Um, shit. I don't know. I mean... I, I'm gonna go Buffalo because they're at home. Yeah, I'm going Buffalo. I mean, like my biggest thing is Bill Belichick and his defensive brain. 
You know, he, he can come up ways with ways to stop a Josh Allen offense. But I just don't think they have... I don't think their offense is up to it. Because Buffalo doesn't have a bad defense at all. No. So. But, I mean, last time I checked, they were top five defense. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Buffalo. Uh, teams on bye this week. Browns, who this definitely couldn't have come at a better time. They've got a lot of guys that are, that are banged up. Um, Packers. Titans, Panthers. So, some other big news. Um, we had a coaching change that nobody saw coming. Uh, Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma and is joining USC. Yeah, I mean, him leaving Oklahoma, turns out that wasn't a shocker at all. He did not support the them going to the SEC. He did not like it at all, and he refused to go on with them into the SEC. And I, I guess, you know, if that's the way he felt and this opportunity came along, it's not a bad opportunity. Uh, since the the since him leaving Oklahoma and joining USC, they have, Oklahoma has had three of their top recruits decommit, and two of them have committed to USC. They're following Lincoln Riley. It also sounds like there might be another person following Lincoln Riley. Uh, he, he's taking his defensive coordinator with him. We all know they don't play defense in, in, in the Big 12. It also sounds like there's somebody else that's coming along with Lincoln Riley. Who? Quarterback Spencer Rattler. No, no, I don't think so. I would laugh so hard. No, I, I don't think so. Um, right now, the Pac-12 championship game is going on. Number 10, Oregon, at number 17, Utah, and Utah's just beating the piss out of them. It, it's over. It, it's 38-3 to three with seven minutes left. It, it's over. Um, Oregon thought they were good. <laughs> you know, they, they cracked the top five, and then... This is exactly what, you know, the Pac-12... Right, we, we, you and I literally had this conversation about the Pac-12. They cannibalize each other every single year. Yeah, like... Yeah, you're in the top ten. Uh, well, you, you're not very high at all, so you're gonna win this game, like. Right. Um. So this is championship week. So there's a lot of big games. Um. Another. Oh, another. I don't know why I forgot it. Another big surprising coaching change. Notre Dame's Brian Kelly left to go to LSU. Yeah. I was watching his speech today, or maybe it was just reviews of his speech. They did not seem too excited. I mean, he did very well at, at Notre Dame. He's their all-time leader in wins. But I think he felt that they just weren't quite getting over the hump, so he moved on. Yeah, well, it's his job to get him over the hump. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I think he... Had a pretty sweet deal going on at Notre Dame. You know, a place where he could have stayed for the rest of his career. But when you go to an SEC school, they expect dominance. And, you know, if it's not achieved within the first two years, you're on your ass. See, the thing with him is I think he finds it, the SEC is an easier path to a national championship. You know, he gets... A conference playoff, he gets a conference game now. He gets better talent to go against. And he can recruit. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, 
He's going to be able to get, go but, in there and get okay, players. But, okay. But there's a difference between being at Notre Dame, you know, who is a a flagship, you know, blue chip school, and then LSU, who has to compete with, you know, Georgia, who, who looks like they're set to win a national championship, and Alabama, Nick Saban. You know, you went from an easier path in recruiting and winning games to a much, much tougher path. Yes and no. I mean, there's going to be some players that are going to decide now on LSU just because of the coach. And, I mean, it's not like Louisiana puts out horrible football players. No, but like I said, with, you know, a Nick Saban, you know, where guys will naturally flock to just because of his track record of A, winning, and B, putting guys into the NFL. You know, having to compete with those two monster schools, I I think, isn't something he thought through all that well. I don't know. He's been competing against those top three schools, you know, as it is. But it's different, I think, when you're in the same conference as they are. Because you're in the same conference, you're expected to, to, to be great. You know, if if I'm a quarterback and I'm a stud and I get told that I can go to Alabama, I can go to LSU, help change around a program and win a national championship, or I can go to Alabama and be expected to win a championship. The LSU one sounds like a little bit better deal. Um, it's got the hero factor in it. So, um, Coach O isn't going to finish off the season with LSU. He's not going to coach them in their bowl game. And I don't necessarily know how I feel about that. I I feel that that's a coach giving up on his team. It depends on, you know, how it all went down. Did he know that his time at LSU was coming to an end? Was it a surprise? No, um, no. He he knew before, you know, at the beginning of the season, they said that they that this was his last year. He knew this was his last year. So it wasn't a surprise. Um, but he coached them to, what, six wins, what they needed to make a bowl game. Yeah. And so they're bowl eligible, but he came out and said he's not coaching them in their bowl game. Their, their offensive coordinator is going to be the interim coach. And I, I just don't know how I feel about that because coaches preach to their players – about unity and the team and then for you to bail on the team like that? Or maybe he wanted, you know, the team to focus on the game and not, you know, necessarily it being his last game. Yeah, um, I don't know. With with Lincoln Riley going to, you know, taking the USC job, he's been pretty vocal about changes to recruiting. Because recruiting happens so early, and then you get situations like this where, you know, there's coaches getting fired and hired. And that really, you know, affects the recruits. So what do you think could be done about that? You know, change recruiting dates, signing dates? No, just because one person recruited for Oklahoma and then went to another school doesn't mean you change anything. If if he finds it unfair, he should have, you know handled his contract a little bit better, but a little bit more honest to what he said he was going to do. There doesn't need to be any changes. It works for everybody, but except for a guy who ditches his team. No, no. It, it, he's just the first person to speak up about it. It affects every single 
team when they decide to change coaches. Right. These are, I mean, this, these are these young men's futures that we're talking about. And, you know, if they come to your university because they have a good connection with your coach and they're expecting to, you know, to, to play for that coach, and all of a sudden you say, no, nah, he's out. But Lincoln Riley decided to go. Right. No, no, I understand that. But I'm talking in general with all the teams. You know, whether the coach gets fired or, you know, you, you get this situation where they change schools. I mean, but you can't, like, these are high schoolers. You can't expect them to, like, just be able to hold out forever. They got other things they want to do. But, so, but, I mean. But if everybody was moved to a different date, it's not, it wouldn't be, you know, a high school, a high schooler holding out. Everybody would be on the same page. And then what happens when someone starts complaining about that? I just, I think it should be left alone. I mean, it's it's definitely something to think about. I mean, I think schools should be able to talk to their recruits a little bit more than they're allowed to anyways. I mean, like, during their senior year, you can't have any contact with them during the season. Like, just let them talk. Yeah. Um, so, we'll go over a couple of these games. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State... I, I like Oklahoma State. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout. Um, well, of course it is. It's Big 12. But Baylor's been playing really good defense lately. Um, I'll, I'll give it to Oklahoma State because they're at home. But, oh no, it's going to be a neutral field. Never mind. Oh, shit. I'll stick with Oklahoma State. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be close. Should be uh, Cowboy Stadium, right? Yeah. Utah State and San Diego State uh, for the Mountain West Championship. Uh, number 19, San Diego State. They've been playing very, very well. Uh, I'll take San Diego State. Yeah. Um, I mean, Utah State's had a, a decent season, too, but... Yeah, oh, yeah. Georgia and Alabama for the SEC championship game. Huge game. And I'm going Georgia because of that defense and the young, the young quarterbacks are in Alabama, you know. Yeah, um, it sucks to go up against a defense like that. You know, the the last couple of weeks he hasn't, he's looked a little shaken. Again, and that's against defenses not like Georgia. I, I think he's last time I checked, I think he's still the the Heisman front runner, but uh, I, I'll take Georgia because yeah, I like that dude out of Oklahoma now. Um, Houston and Cincinnati for the AAC championship. I'll take Cincinnati, and I like their chances to make the playoffs. If, if they win this, they have to. And they're sitting at number four right now. What, are you going to demote them if they win? I mean, you're going to have to demote either Georgia or Alabama if they, you know. Yeah, but if Alabama wins, they go up to three. I mean, they go up to number, yeah, they go up to number one. Georgia will drop to two. Michigan will take three. You know, I mean, you can't really drop them out, but it's, and you got you got to feel bad for for Cincinnati though they're undefeated right now. You put Cincinnati against Alabama, number four Cincinnati undefeated. How do you, if they win their their title game, their their conference championship game? How do you keep them out of the playoff? Who's five? Right now, um, Oklahoma State. So if Oklahoma State beats a Baylor team. I mean, 
I mean, because Houston, it's not like Houston's a crap team either. No, but, you know, this... Cannot... I guarantee you everybody with the, that has an, a decision to make here is hoping to God Houston wins this game. Yeah, and, and this kind of also leads into the discussion of expanding the playoffs. Because there's all these deserving teams that are playing so well right now, somebody's going to get screwed with the current four-team situation. Yeah, I don't see why each team that wins their conference championship doesn't go into the playoff, you know. Um, <clears throat> for the Big Ten championship, uh, Michigan at Iowa, uh, number two Michigan, number 13 Iowa. Uh, I'll take Michigan. They've been playing really good. I think this, I think this might be Harbaugh's year. I'm going to go Iowa. Wow. They just got those. Michigan's a heavy favorite. Michigan's an 11-point favorite. They're heavy it's favorites. Probably be, it's probably going to be Michigan. But if Iowa gets those big old boys and they start putting it, they start leaning up against Michigan. <laughs> I mean, Nebraska played both teams real well, so both teams have weaknesses. Right, right. Um, for the ACC, it's Pittsburgh at Wake Forest. It's weird not seeing Clemson in the ACC title game. Yeah, but Pittsburgh's been playing some good football this year. But, you know... For the last several years, it's been Clemson. And to not see them there, it's just... You know, you got number 15, Pittsburgh. Number 16, Wake Forest. Um, both teams playing well, but I'll, I'll go Wake Forest. See, I'm going Pitt. Um, so, lot, lots of stuff there. Um, college basketball is firing on all cylinders. My Duke team made it to number one and then promptly turned around and lost to Ohio State. And I don't know what... It's like we just fell apart at the end of the game. You know, the last... I think it was seven minutes we, we didn't score a bucket. Yeah, I mean... But it's good to see Duke back. Oh, yeah. You know, last year was a horrible year for him. So yeah, it wasn't awful. I mean, for Duke it was. Well, yeah, considering, but... So, I mean, it, it's good to see him back. I'm... I'm sure they'll hit number one, you know, again. Oh, I'm sure. So because it's Duke, I mean, then they generally play a pretty tough schedule, right? I mean, let's look right now and see who all's on Duke's schedule. Yeah, this year. I mean, granted, you know, they lost their coach, but his legacy in basketball that lives on, right? Um, know, people are still going to go to Duke because he was the coach, right? And, and I. I want to put my faith in John Shire. He's been a assistant there for a while. He played under Coach K, you know, did very, very well under Coach K. So I want to put my faith in him. And I think some of these recruits will too. You know, like you said, part of it is because of the Duke brand, the legacy of Coach K. So I mean, it's just like Indiana. They haven't been good since like what, the sixties and seventies and no, their fans it, are still holding on to faith that they're gonna come back and be the dominant basketball no, team. Last year they were pretty good, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, no, they're, they're good every year. Um, it's like Kansas. But the, this Duke schedule we were talking about, South Carolina State, meh, Appalachian, Cleveland. That Virginia Tech game will be really good. Um, I'm not sure how Clemson's doing this year. Notre Dame will be a tough ass Yeah, game. that Notre Dame game will be tough. Uh, Miami always plays them tough. you know. And, and then you get into your Louisville's, your North Carolina, Virginia, you know, Wake Forest. And North Carolina, it don't matter how each team are doing when those two teams go together. Yeah, Wake Forest is currently sitting right behind Duke, you know, at number two. So that game's going to be ridiculously huge. Um, 
I do think it's pretty silly that at this early in the season they're already putting out, you know, tournament projections. It's way too early for that nonsense. I, I get that you have a job to do, but people love it though. I just it's way too early. Yeah, that's why people love it. Yeah. Um Yeah, it just I think that some of your powerhouse teams are coming back around, you know, like your Dukes, like your your, your North Carolina, I think, will, will work their way back. Um, Purdue sitting at number two, you know, a lot of, lot of big teams coming back, lots of good basketball. Um, speaking of basketball, NBA. Are we seeing the final years of Le- the final year or two of LeBron James? I mean, how many games has he missed this year because of nagging injuries? Is it finally starting to catch up with him? I don't know because, I mean, there's games when he plays where it's just like watching Tom Brady and he does not look like he's aged today. And then there's weeks where he misses because he's got bruised knees yeah, or knee soreness, I think it was. Yeah. What, what, what the hell is that? I mean... But LeBron James has always been known for taking, you know, days off during games. Yeah, sort of, but it's... Games come up, he's like, oh, I'm taking a personal day. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just, what, two years ago that, that the Celtics were one of the best teams, and now they're, you know, 12 and 10. What what happened to the Celtics? They got rid of everybody. I mean, they, they still got Jane and Brown, they still got... Um, Oh, what's his face? Um, he played at Duke, and I can't even think of his goddamn name right now. <sighs> I keep on. going to Rondo, so. <laughs> no, that was a long time ago. Jason Tatum. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, he's playing outstanding. They, they've got pieces. I just don't understand what is wrong there. Um, they don't have a big three? You know, I'm kind of surprised to see the, the Bulls at, at number two in the East, at 15 and 8. <laughs> um, Milwaukee sitting at 14 and 9 you know in 5th nobody saw that you know last year they won a title not looking so good this year what you know I don't get it um, in the west Phoenix killing it with I think they're on a 16 game win streak right now 18 18 game win streak uh, they're currently playing number 2 Team in the West, Golden State, who is eighteen and three, and looks like Golden State from a few years ago. Yeah, he's uh, Steph Curry. And yeah, but you can't deny his talent. Like he's stupid good. I can still and, punch him in the face. And they don't even have Clay Thompson back yet. You know, they they he just started doing some, uh, you know, D League stuff, get trying to get back into shape. How would okay? How would you like to be a fresh face in the D-League? You want to get your chance. You think you're going to do all right. And then they tell you, hey, champ, you're guarding Clay Thompson this game. Like, I'm not getting the call up tonight. <laughs> like, like, that's got to be a kick in the dick. Like, here, you're going to guard one of the best players in the league. Go ahead. Um, but Utah is 14-7, and seven, looking strong. Memphis, that is a, kind of a surprise. You know... Memphis is sitting at 12 and 10. After Utah, who's, you know, Phoenix and, and Golden State, 19 and 3, 18 and 
Utah 14 and 7. Then there's a huge drop off. Memphis is 12 and 10. Mavericks are 11 and 10. Lakers are 12 and 11. I mean, it's early. Yeah, yeah, I know it's early. There's a lot of basketball left to go. I, I know. Like and in basketball, the, the records don't start mattering until after Christmas, anyways. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've always said too. Is Christmas is kind of the official, unofficial start to the NBA season. Um, so something that I, that I asked on my Facebook and in my sports group the other day. You know. You have NFL games on and NBA games on Thanksgiving, and especially on Christmas Day. Which one are you going? I'm going football. Yep. For me, I'll keep an eye on the football. Like on Christmas Day, I'll keep an eye on the football. And it depends on who's playing. But the, like we talked about too, with NFL sticking with tradition and putting the Lions on Thanksgiving, when you have better matchups in basketball, basketball understands the assignment. They're putting their marquee teams in marquee spots. The NFL isn't doing the same. Yeah, the damn song's stuck in my head now. I mean, you, you look at Christmas Day, and it's just huge NBA matchups. And the NFL is lacking. And, and that's why there's no baseball. Baseball can no longer compete with the NBA or, or football. Well, you know, that and the fact that it's wintertime. Baseball's a summer sport. <laughs> it's because they're weak. But uh, for the amount of talent on the Lakers, you know, they, they had a little bit of a rough spot, but do you think they'll bounce back? Yeah. Mm. Well, they're going to be in the conversation at the end of the season. I, I certainly hope so. Um, it might be, you know, like <laughs> last year where, you know, we're having to play to get into the playoffs, but... It's the Lakers of today. It's right. The Lakers of LeBron. There's right. Always something interesting going on. Yeah. Um, hey, who's he going to punch in the face next? He didn't punch him in the face. It was an elbow. I mean, he did go full LeCaron and get a couple of fans kicked out for talking shit. Yeah, but, but he tattled on him to the ref. If that was reversed and that was LeBron after his you know, star acting career on the floor that he would have done... He would have went off and said that he should, have been, he should be suspended. You can't be that violent and play the game. I mean, yeah, but talk about peace and drop someone. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, you know, like you said, there's still a lot of NBA left to go. You know, there's still a lot of college basketball to play. And we're starting to get down in the NFL where teams are starting to separate themselves as playoff teams. So we got a lot to look forward to. A lot to talk about in the upcoming weeks. So definitely stick around. You know, share us with your friends. We'd appreciate it. And, and I mean, the more people that listen to us, you know, the less awkward we have to feel sitting here talking. No, I don't feel awkward anyway. Well, no, but it, it's nicer when more people listen to you. More people get enjoyment out of it. I mean. Right. But, no, we appreciate those that are here listening, those that share us. We definitely appreciate you. Um we want to hope that everybody has a safe and, and happy holiday season. You know, do something nice for a random stranger. That, that's my challenge to, to everybody. Just do something nice for a random stranger. Make the world a better place. You know, there's enough hate and discontent in the world that you don't need to add to it. Right. I mean, I mean and it, it doesn't have to be a monetary thing. Just something nice for a stranger. Um, 
you know, I'm going I'm to leave you guys with that. Think about that for a little bit. Share with your friends. Appreciate you listening. Uh, for Lazy Boy Coaches, I'm Scott. I'm Alan. See you guys next week.